Howdy ho, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Rebel Starbuck with you once again this week on Shooting the Shizat with my co-host, Dylan Broder, for all the way from Canada, Toronto. Yeah, although I'm not there right now, I'm here in Helsinki, and uh, yeah, we are in a new studio. We are we had to move from the last place, no bad blood, but uh, you know you know how it goes. So we are in a new place. It might sound a little bit echoey at the moment, but that will get sorted out. I think it actually sounds pretty okay, to be honest with you. I got the earplugs in, so earphones, whatever they're called. And yeah, we're uh, talking about wrestling, wrestling, the good old uh, roll around in your underwear stuff. (laughs) I got no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. I (laughs) might have taken a painkiller or two or something like that out of of my fanny pack. You're tripping, man. You're tripping. (laughs) Yeah, but we're talking about uh, this week uh, the Wednesday Night War scenario that's been floating around now because... Uh, as this episode goes to air, uh, we are literally going to be entertaining ourselves with the beginning of AEW versus NXT on Wednesday nights. And it's going to be the USA Network up against TNT. So we got some big networks that are going to be button heads on Wednesday nights, and they're going to be competing for sponsors and for viewership numbers. From what I heard, now that USA has been featuring NXT for two weeks already as a lead-in, as a live program, I guess the viewership dropped the second week quite considerably. I mean, I heard heard some people say considerably, and other people say um, that it was still all good. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a TV executive. So mm-hmm. if we got any of them out there listening to the uh, the old podcast here, let us know. But I, from the numbers that I've heard, and again, this can be something that uh, is, you know, maybe some people have different numbers. I, I don't know how it works as well. But uh, I heard the first week was just under 1 million to like 1.2 million. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this past week was just above 1 million. Yeah, so it's not that much, but then again, in TV land, you never know, because then again, these are quarter-hour ratings, Yeah, and once again, it's a two-hour program, so maybe with sponsors, I don't know, uh, but it's a drop anyway. Not, I guess not that significant, but still a drop. But I mean, like the thing is, maybe it's normalizing, or mm. uh, maybe that first week. Uh, well, they're only doing an hour on USA right now. That's right. Yeah, and then they do the second hour on uh, on the network right. until this coming week. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. I think a lot of people are wondering: will the will that number? Let's say it's a million. Uh, will that get split? So it'll be five and five. You know, mm-hmm. half a mil, half a mil, or is. Uh, is it just going to grow? You know, our, I think that there is an audience of, for AEW that doesn't watch WWE, but how big is that audience? I don't know. I, I actually listened to this podcast from Jim Cornette uh, just recently, and, and he made a really, or his co-host made a really interesting question, uh, posed a, a question, that, and he asked Jim, he said that, uh, so which one of these programs are you going to watch first? Because the thing is that they're going head-to-head, so like... If you're going to choose a program, which one are you going to choose to yeah. watch live and which one are you going to choose to watch as a recording? What about you, Dylan? What would you say? 
Oh, I definitely watch AEW live, to be honest with you, because I know that then, uh, well, well, first of all, here we can't get it live, uh, mm-hmm. unless we do some fan dangling with the old uh, internet, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, realistically, I would watch AEW live, and then you can watch NXT whenever you want on the network. Mm-hmm. That's my, I think that's, a, a lot of people have said the same thing, that you can, like NXT doesn't actually matter uh, to see it live, you'll you'll just you can see it whenever you want on the network later on. So, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you can't necessarily, as far as I'm considered, as far as I know, do that with AEW just yet. Right. So, although uh, there, I mean, what do you think? What What's your opinion on that? Well, the thing is, it's I think initially I would want to see AEW first, and the reason for that is because I want to see who they're going to put out there first. Mm you know, for their first time out. Because now at least NXT, you know who they're featuring already. Yeah. Because you've seen the trailer, that three and a half minute trailer that they put out. And and you, just by looking at who they put on the trailer, you know who they're going to be featuring, right? That's true. And with that said, I think that AEW still is going to be a bit of a wild card, especially the first time out. Yeah. And then... At least in their advertising, you can see that it's going to be Omega, it's going to be Jericho, it's going to be Cody, it's going to be the Young Bucks, and then some assorted players. So, like, there's your big five. You know, okay, then you're going to have Moxley, of course, right? So, yeah. let's say six. And then it's a toss-up. You're going to have, uh, you know, Pac in there, you, you'll have MJF, you'll have some other people. But you're pretty much set up... I think already in their graphics, in their in their let's say Instagram posts, yeah, you can already see for the the, the upcoming uh, TV tapings for AW who they've put on the posters time and time again. Yep, and from that you can you know who they're going to be featuring already. So that that's what we're doing this week here on Shooting the Shizat. We're going to be comparing head to head the top lead players from each organization, from NXT and from AW. And we're going to square them up against each other just to make a cross comparison and to um, garner or just, you know, wonder to ourselves, uh, which one of these products going in with these players and these potential or plausible storylines or feuds or what what have you, which one is more interesting? Yeah, I mean, uh, as far, I I guess uh, we'll get into that in a moment, but... uh... There is a bunch of wrestling news and rumors. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about these. Yeah, of course. Get into that first, and then we'll get into the meat of the matter in a moment. Yeah. Uh, I guess I get the really, really big one, and whether or not this is of interest to you at all, mm-hmm. I, I kind of – it's not actually funny enough interest to me, uh, but uh, it is interest for the whole entire rest of the wrestling world anyway. But CM Punk uh, is possibly returning to WWE or – in some form of WWE where the, I guess the meat and potatoes of it is that Fox, uh, I guess Fox Sports 1 or what, whomever is producing this show called like, um, what is it, WWE Live or something like that. It's a news kind of news and, mm-hmm. I don't know, talk show thing with Renee Young, I believe, is involved in it. Right. And they are looking for another co-host and apparently... CM Punk's agent had thrown his hat into the ring and he had gone and done some tests. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be, he would work for Fox Mm -hmm. on a WWE show. The Mm -hmm. show is WWE content, but he's not actually 
employed by WWE. So apparently this did happen, that he did do the test shots and everything like that, but um, I think it's a very... Uh, it's very far-fetched that he would get chosen for the gig because I think in the end of the day, then that show would just be all about him. People would just be wanting to know about him. And I think it would... At, at least in the beginning. Yeah, it would take yeah. a lot to to edge that off. So I don't think that they actually want him for the job. But the whole thing is that uh, it also seems as though... Um, that his, I guess, AEW relationship is not so healthy. There has been some back and forth words, supposedly. But then here's the, the here's the deal. I don't know. Is this just? I wouldn't say a work or whatever, but I'm just <clears throat> excuse me saying that like, is this uh, is this anything? Is this just people you know trying to do business? You know, did he get some offer? Hey, come do this thing, and there's going to be. Uh, a decent amount of money if you get the gig, and he was, yeah, sure, I'll go and do it, mm-hmm. you know. But um, and well, I don't know. I, what are your th- your thoughts about that? I mean, CM Punk, I think he's a he's a great uh, wrestler, but uh, he never really, I guess, I wasn't super into him uh, in Ring of Honor, and I wasn't super into him in WWE. Maybe that's when I was kind of like off watching Japanese wrestling and thought he was just a big rip off of Kenta, so I was not really interested. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you think about that? Do you think there's a possibility that he could go back to work for WWE or, uh, I guess, by way of Fox? That would be really interesting because the thing is that, as far as I understand, he, I mean, he left on bad terms, Yeah. right? And the thing is that uh, he, he had some very, very sour comments about Vince and about Triple H and about, yeah. uh, you know, the leadership. Um, I guess he was pretty burned out towards the end and stuff like that. But still, I mean, the thing is that with all that has been said that he would come back and work like in any capacity for WWE to me is rather surprising, but then again, money talks and bullshit walks. So, um, and at the end of the day, I mean, I guess it's all about the ratings nowadays, especially going into this Wednesday night war. Yeah. If, if, if it's going to be a war, but still, I mean, it's like still potentially, I think, you know, as much as the, I think Vince tries to downplay it, that, you know, this is not competition for him and blah, blah, blah. But then again, why would you go to these countermeasures as, as far as like on, yeah. on Wednesday nights going straight up head to head. And this brings to mind, by the way, yeah, that 1987 was the year when Jim Crockett promotions, uh, they presented Starcade 87 for the first time on actual like pay-per-view, not just closed circuit on pay-per-view, right? And what did Vince do? As soon as he heard that uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, was going to be running their biggest show of the year, Starcade, out of Chicago, Vince goes and he creates the Survivor Series to counteract mm-hmm. and puts it on the exact same night. And plus, what did he do with it? This was, this was like pay-per-view, right? Yeah. What did Vince do with these pay-per-view providers? This was the year that Vince ran, ran WrestleMania three. So he had been established in one swell uh, or one fell swoop. He had been, he'd been established with, with WrestleMania three as being a major player on the pay-per-view landscape. So what did Vince do? He said that as a cable provider, that if you pre- present any professional wrestling, and if you want to carry 
Survivor Series, his creation, right? right? If you want to, if you want to play ball, you cannot run anything related to pro wrestling. Uh, was it sixty days prior, and up to fifteen days uh, after? So he cornered the market. He he completely screwed his competition because then all of a sudden Jim Crockett Promotions cannot enter the pay per view market uh, with these conditions present. Right? He if he goes to the same like cable companies and the same providers, and he's got Starcade. And they said, well, we got this deal from Vince, and Vince just ran WrestleMania 3, so he's a proven commodity. Uh, you know how many actual cable outlets ended up running the NWA's Starcade 87 back in 1987? No. Five. Out of about 30-some-odd potential cable providers around the U.S. Jeez. Five yeah, that's... ended up running. Wow. So they killed. Vince just killed the NWA's numbers on pay-per-view. Uh, with this countermeasure. And the same thing happened. Uh, th- that wasn't the only time, by the way. That, the same thing happened with uh, the NWA running, was it January of 1988? They ran Nassau Coliseum in New York uh, and the Bunkhouse Stampede on pay per view, right? What did Vince do when he heard that they're going to be doing this? He put the Royal Rumble free. On television, <laughs> the same night, yeah, free. So it was a countermeasure, right? And then the NWA did the same thing back to Vince, uh, the first Clash of the Champions. So it would come it was it WrestleMania Four, the same day as WrestleMania Four is on pay per view, the NWA goes on WTBS television and puts out Clash of the Champions One for free at the same time. Yeah, right. So that's 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 the, that's how you like wage war with uh, these networks big time yeah so now come the year 2019 you've got AEW and you've got WWE's NXT so it is a countermeasure that they're going up head to head and you can't discount that Vince cannot just say that they're not competition because he's treating them like competition oh yeah so therefore yeah it is already to some degree a war just starting out like this. Yeah. Right? Now, but the, but the, the proof in the pudding is going to be in the actual viewership numbers and in the sponsors. Mm, the sponsors, I guess, are the, are the really big thing. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, the, what's going to dictate the sponsors and what's going to dictate uh, everything else from here on forward is going to be the quarter hour ratings. So how are you going to hook your viewers into these quarter hour blocks? So every 15 minutes is when the ratings come in. And these players that we're going to be talking about today, the main key players on both brands are the ones that are going to either hook or they're going to lose the viewers in these quarter hour blocks. Very true. And uh, definitely we'll get into a lot more details on that um, just in a moment. But uh, the other thing... uh, I mean, other than CM Punk, he, I think he kind of took over the the news week with, with that whole uh, doing the TV testing or whatever that apparently went well. But um, And then there was some something where Cody uh, was quoted to saying that CM Punk uh, made, uh, I guess, AEW look like a bunch of dumbasses because uh, supposedly he had, he had said that he never got a real offer from AEW, just a text message, and apparent, apparently this isn't, isn't the case. But 
However, one way or another, it it seems it's just an interesting, uh, interesting situation there. Mm-hmm. But and I I'd be interested to see how it actually all folds out. I guess we're we'll see at least a little bit of it on Wednesday. But um, another thing, I don't know if you're too familiar with these guys, but in Ring of Honor we have uh, I guess newly signed, relatively newly signed uh, Roosh from uh, CMLL. I oh, guess. that's right. They got fired from CMLL. Roosh yeah. and, and who was Dragon Lee? His, Dragon Lee. His that's brother. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And apparently, uh, I think that they quit, or that this is one of the "you're fired, will I quit" kind of situations. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot. There's a lot underneath this. Uh, if anybody's into lucha libre and knows what's going on with CMLL, but CMLL, Ring of Honor, and New Japan kind of have this uh, agreement, right? And um, I know that Dragon Lee, at least, uh, he didn't follow the programming guidelines, let's say, for CMLL. They told him he can't work certain days. Mm. And he was just like, well, I'm going to work those days. And, uh, uh, for instance, one that I know about, uh, at least, uh, was this um, PWG event, this uh, Battle of Los Angeles. Right. He, They told him, you can't take that booking. And he was like, screw it, I'm going to take the booking. Mm-hmm. So he went and did the event. And um, I guess he also did the Ring of Honor event. I think, uh, and then uh, hours after the event, they got their notice that they're released. But I'm pretty sure that they were under the impression that they had already quit. Mm-hmm. So, however, you know, who here, who says what? But as far as I'm also aware, in CMLL, there's a bunch of uh, interesting crap going on where I guess the, the late owner, who I guess passed away earlier this year. This, Peiko Alonso. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, since his passing, I think that there that company has been disrupted really badly. There's been a lot of guys who have been had their, uh, I guess they had their contracts where they were making like set amount of money per year, mm-hmm. and uh, some of those guys had that uh, taken away so that they would only make per appearance. Mm-hmm. So that's how I understand it. I could be wrong, but few a uh, few key legends kept their uh, like yearly salary. But most everybody else, apparently Roosh as well as Dragon Lee, were one of the few or I guess many that had that taken away and they were based on uh, appearance, uh, an appearance-based salary. And uh, supposedly Roosh in uh, CMLO is one of, their, one of their biggest stars. Maybe, you know, L.A. Park, the former La Parca or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, he might be a bigger draw because he's just such a legend. But Roosh is one of the... Uh, well, he's, I guess, the founder of that Los Ingobernables uh, faction that started in Mexico, and now it's kind of def- kind of faded away in Mexico, but now it's it's still one of the biggest, if not the biggest, factions in Japan. Mm-hmm. The Japanese uh, rendition of it had led by Naito. But um, anyway, the, the point is that he's been making really, uh, I guess, really good money and uh, doing really well in Ring of Honor, and I believe... Did he just win the championship? But um, from Matt Taven, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, uh, yeah, he Rush Rush defeated Matt Taven at uh, Death Before Dishonor just recently uh, to become the ROH World Champion. So it's uh, <clears throat> he's definitely getting a push there. So I don't think his um, he's got any issues mm-hmm. uh, in t- in that way. But Dragon Lee. He was—he's a big star in New Japan, mm-hmm. and he was unfortunately 
responsible, at least in part, for that uh, Hiromo Takahashi's neck injury that mm-hmm. he's still out That's right, at yeah. this moment. But um, he still does a lot of work in Japan, and he's uh, very much wanted in New Japan. So there's speculation that he won't get booked anymore for New Japan because he is uh, had such bad breakup with CMLL. So... Let's see what happens there, but... uh, Wrestling can be highly political. You know, the thing is that even in Europe, I mean, I've heard so many stories over the years of just guys and girls uh, crossing their wires with certain promoters and certain bookers, right? And just maybe just uh, because of a nil response or because of responding late or because of uh, maybe... uh, being in cahoots or cohorting with with people that are you know on the blacklist with somebody else, you know you lose your spot. Which you know it's so it is highly political. Wrestling really is, um, you know. Which brings to mind you know the the saying that of course be very careful uh, the words that you spout upon the hill upon which you will die. So, all right, that's pretty powerful. It is. <laughs> it is. You've, you've got to you've got to be wary. Don't shit. Don't don't shiz at where you live. Mm. You got to remember that. So it's, you know, you got to really know how to play the game and it's, you know, it, Triple H's catchphrase, it's all about the game and how you play it mm. or, you know, his, uh, or his song. Yeah, yeah. With Motorhead. It, it's it's not just the catchphrase, it's the truth. Yeah, right? it's it, true, it, especially it, it, in the wrestling business. Yeah, or like The Rock's catchphrase, you know, shut your mouth and know your role. There you it's, go. It's not just the catchphrase. Oh, yeah. It's the way the shizat rolls in yeah. our business, right? So. And it's one of those things that people just don't like to hear. Exactly, and that's you know? why it's the, <laughs> it's like a rib, right? Yeah, that's why it's the it. catchphrase. Yeah, yeah. The other uh, little, uh, I guess, tidbit. I want to talk actually later on, maybe mm. a- after we do the um, bit about the the war, mm-hmm. but um, uh, because we, I, I think I missed. Uh, I wanted to talk about it last time, but uh, what to me was awesome the. Uh, I guess the appearance of uh, Kishin Liger. That uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Liger's um, uh, like demon. I guess uh, alter, alter ego. ego. Yeah, that, right. Mm. If anybody's seen it, um, to me, this was like done so perfectly that uh, well, we'll talk about it right now. Ex- except that he couldn't rip off his mask <laughs> and 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 the top half of his of his gear, his suit, which I thought was so funny. Yeah. No, it didn't do it. Yeah, it, it didn't do him any favors because I mean he was struggling at a key moment when he was just going to unleash, you know, the whatever the you know his version of the Demon King or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, the the face paint and and how it was all like, I don't know. It was just a, it looked it looked great and mm-hmm. uh, to me I, I had uh, I might have I actually didn't even realize that I witnessed uh, that character before, but um, this kind of. De- demonic Jushin Liger, Kishin Liger, and uh, I thought it was just so great and and so well orchestrated the reveal and everything. Like I know he had mm-hmm. struggled there a little bit, but almost I thought that you know that just made it even more creepy. I guess, uh, but uh, like trying to like struggle out of the uh, mm-hmm. you know you've seen it in those horror films where somebody's like peeling like a demon is like coming out of somebody's mouth, you know, and mm-hmm. pulling their their skin costume basically off of themselves. And anyway, I, I loved it. And I thought that Suzuki uh, running away like he did. And, and, you know, everybody was like, he was, yeah, it was just great. And uh, that character is so that opposite of that ultimate good guy, you know, that it uh, is stabbing the the table. If you saw that, we hit the ring uh, 
the uh, turnbuckle wrench that has the spike right, on yeah. the end of it and runs right. and just jams it through the table and throws the table out of the ring. It was just cool, uh, and uh, I I love it. That was the best in in a lot of ways. Maybe the best the best ever was when it first came out. I think it was with the, against the Great Muda, mm-hmm. and that match is is awesome too. Where the where Muda is no selling him the whole time, mm-hmm. just kicking the crap out of Liger, just just brutalizing him. I think Liger like gave him a pile driver, and then Muda just like popped right back up, mm-hmm. no sell, and just went over and just beat the crap out of him, gave him a brain buster. I don't know, but and then he just tries to tear off his mask, and then shows that like demon key Keishin liger thing and muda got all freaked out and then uh, and i think that liger got disqualified for getting too brutal or whatever however mm-hmm. it was but mm-hmm. that it, to me i've never seen an unmasking so so awesome mm-hmm. so you know anybody's got to learn from that that's for sure but um uh, I don't know. You, I mean, you must have seen it. Other than the uh, awkward uh, costume uh, <laughs> malfunction or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, I guess you did. You hear about it, or were you expecting it to see it? No, I didn't. I mean, I saw the the, the clip of it. Yeah, yeah. Right, and I thought to myself that uh, well, you know, it's, it's interesting because the thing is that I mean, we're literally living now in the last days of Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I mean, his career. On the fourth of January is finito caputo, right? Mm-hmm. It's, he's he's sayonara goodbye. Um, so everything that he does up until then now is got to be notable, yeah. Right? Yeah, so true. I thought that they're going to save this match with him and Suzuki for January fourth at the Tokyo Dome, but no, they're going to give it away now. I guess this coming month. I have a feeling that that it'll be Jushin Liger versus Suzuki, and they'll they'll play it down. Uh, and then the Wrestle Kingdom one will be the, this Keishin. I'm not sure. Mm. Maybe they'll do it one way or the other, but uh, I think that they but will I, I, still. I, but I, I, thought I, I thought I saw the advertising for uh, Keishin Liger against... Uh, I don't know. At least I've only yeah. seen so far, you know, that uh, it's the traditional Jushin Liger okay, outfit. Well, maybe, maybe. But maybe they're, you know, let's see what they do. But either way, uh, let's take a commercial break and uh, come back with some Wednesday Night War. Hey there, my name is Michael Mudgelai, better known in the pro wrestling world as the Rebel Starbuck. I've decided to launch a brand new live action entertainment venture called Slam Wrestling Finland, which is an on-demand service offering the best top-of-the-line professional wrestlers out of Europe today. We can custom tailor the entire show from start to finish. Girls matches, triple threat matches, tag team matches, or then the good old one-on-one damn good wrestling match. If you've got something in mind, we'll find the right guy or girl for the job. Slam Wrestling Finland is an on-demand live service that offers you as the customer the opportunity to choose as many matches as you would like. Contact us today at slamrest.fi or slamsports.eu. Red Skull Hot Sauce. Fiery sauce focused on flavor. Made by a Canadian in Helsinki. Awesome sauce in a sweet-ass skull bottle. That's Red Skull Hot Sauce. R-E-D-D Skull Hot Sauce. On Facebook and Instagram. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So we are going to be now entering the era of the Wednesday Night Wars. It used to be the Monday Night Wars. It used to be Monday Night Nitro against Monday Night Raw. 
no longer because WCW is a thing of the past, but in its place, it's almost like the ghost of WCW resurrected now in, in a lot of ways because of the legacy of Dusty Rhodes and his sons, Dustin and especially Cody Rhodes now um, carrying the flag into battle on Wednesday nights as uh, some of the lead components and uh, people in power with AEW. But be that as it may, uh, I got to insert here that another old player, speaking of Dusty and speaking of the old guard, is that the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, headed by Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins, is making a comeback now also to live television. And uh, I don't remember quite the the um, channel that it'll, that it'll be on, but at least the studio will be out of Atlanta, Georgia, where it used to be not just center stage, but before center stage, it was held at, I forget the name of the studios. Um, it was a small studio that held about 100 people. And uh, it, all the NWA television used to be uh, shot out of that studio. Uh, I think also Georgia Championship Wrestling back in the day was shot out of, the, out of that specific studio. But this new studio is called GPB Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. The television tapings now for the first episodes are on September 30th and on the 1st of October. So we're going to be seeing some NWA returning to action. And that, of course, is notable because Dusty Rhodes was the booker for the NWA during its boom period from about 1985 through 1987. Even though Dusty was, of of course, the booker also in 1988. But then again, that's when uh, Jim Crockett Promotions started to spiral downwards. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that we could get into there, but time does not permit with this episode. We could do that some other time. Yeah. Anyway, so Wednesday nights, going to be heating up. The wrestling no business. Few days now, so yep, it's uh, it's long awaited, I guess, since the beginning of the year. So mm-hmm. this uh, is definitely. I, would you say this is a historic moment for wrestling? I guess it we've is. had quite a few of them recently. It is because the thing is that I never thought, for the life of me, that we're gonna see, um, like anything even close to a war anymore. Because Vince is so far ahead of the curve. Yeah. His, you know, WWE is such a monolith. It's such a giant that you can't really compete. I mean, in the big picture, AEW is not competition for Vince on a global level yet. Because the thing is that all he's got, or uh, sorry, all that AEW has right now, uh, more or less, is the U.S. market. Of course, now they can be shown in England on, what was it? Uh, was it, not PBS, but, um jeez. Oh, I'm brain farting again. Uh, the World of Sports, same channel that ran that. What was that? ITV. Yeah, right. Right, right. So, it can, it, you, it, you know, they can have television in certain markets, but still, it's just, it's such a far cry from having all of the markets that Vince has. So, therefore, it's more or less a stage that's uh, centered around the U.S. of A. True. But that said... It's still notable because that's the hot bidder. That's like the the motherland of Vince and of AEW. So therefore, or the fatherland or whatever you want to have it considered to be. So uh, looking at the main players this week as we head into war, Mm. who do you want to see and who do you think are going to be the guys and the girls that are going to commandeer the spotlight? And by the way, it's not just about 
the guys and the girls. Because the thing is that unless the script writers, unless the writers of the television, not just the bookers, but the TV writers are good enough on both sides to facilitate television, and I guess on the AW side, it's comprised of Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, along with the big boss, Tony Khan. I think they are the ones writing the uh, television, writing the scripts. So therefore, if they can put their stuff together in a way that's going to be competition on the intrigue level for NXT, and and right now I'm not quite sure who's writing NXT, because it used to be just a while ago, it was still um, my old rival, uh, Steve Carino. Hmm. Right, yeah. but Steve's no longer writing NXT, so it's somebody else now. But um, what do you think, there, Dylan? I mean, what, what do you think about this? Like, who do you think are the most, or let's say, the key players on both sides? Give me the top five. Well, according to me, anyway, I think of course Jericho is uh, is in the top five. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's there's that big reason we talked about it before that we believe that. The, it was the right decision to make him the inaugural champion. Mm-hmm. And I think it's paid off, even with that getting the belt stolen. Oh, yeah. Whether, you know, that, okay, was, wasn't was a work, whatever, but still, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. did he uh, did he know what to do during that? You know, he yeah. he capitalized on that really That's well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, I think Kenny Omega is, uh, is a big one. I think he's one person that people are talking a lot about. Maybe he hasn't shown what everybody loved about him in New Japan yet, but I think... I think that, to to be honest, I think that um, Omega and the Bucks are going to kind of step out, try to step out of the spotlight for the first little bit, and then kind of come back in. Uh, I don't know, but let's see. They have the pencil and they have the eraser. Yeah, that's so true. So therefore, you know, they've got the mightiest tools in the game. Yeah, and then I'll treat the Bucks as a one one entity because mm-hmm. I think that they that's yeah, yeah. the tag team thing. I think that. The tag team division in AEW is going to slaughter all tag team divisions in every single major wrestling company right now. Mm. I think so. I could be wrong, but I think the Young Bucks, the Lucha Brothers, uh, that SCU, just those those three teams. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, of course, there's there's great tag teams all around, but I think that there are two. There's there's the two good. Uh, like competition in AEW that, that they're all there. And then, you know, you have the revival and that, what are they now called the Viking experience or whatever they yeah. are, whom, whomever, of course there's great tag teams everywhere, but I think that they're not paired with good, good enough competition. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been one of their key playing points. So I can see that, uh, of course, Moxley, John Moxley's in there. I think he's going to gain her a lot of attention just because being a familiar face, although he doesn't have the moniker of Dean Ambrose behind him. Mm-hmm. I think that he's been talked about enough that uh, people are are aware mm-hmm. of who he is. So if we consider the, the Young Bucks as one entity and not yeah. two people, then that's four. So who's your fifth? I guess it has to be Cody. Um, it has to be. Yeah, because he... He is the driving. I think it doesn't matter if everybody uh, kind of goes on that Omega, the Bucks, um, I, and uh, and also Cody are these executive vice presidents. Uh, I think that uh, Cody seems to be the 
the guy waving the flag mostly. Yeah, he is. You know, so he's the Triple H. He is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether or not uh, he's the lead writer, because it seems to me like it's it's not it's more of a traditional pro wrestling writing team mm-hmm. rather than this this WWE style where there's actually a writing team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, at least from from what I understand. But um, so I think that that that's your top tier of of guys that uh, are that can have a face on a poster and and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's guys like um, MJF, which I think he's going to be very quickly, um, maybe not a household name, but I think that he's going to be somebody that will make a, a big difference for AEW. Because I actually was thinking about it. Does NXT have an MJF? Do they have this kind of old school and effective heel? I, th- I consider MJF pretty old school in terms of his he- uh, heelish ways, mm-hmm. where he's very much all about his words. His work in the ring is solid, mm-hmm. but um, he is very much so cerebral uh, or you know vocal, mm-hmm. a vocal heel, and he really has a gift of the gab. You know, for that specific side of things, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, and then of course there's Pac or Pac, who's a at least um, people he's familiar. He looks amazing and and can work like no nobody else almost. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's no shortage of talent there, but yeah, Omega, Moxley, Jericho, Cody, and the Bucks, I think, are there. That's what they're the, those are the ones that have their guns, you know. If I were to say, in the, so that's in the war. their iron glove, right? I would, there. I would think so. That's that's at least my opinion. Four fingers and a thumb, <laughs> right? So Who's I mean, the thumb? I don't know. Well, uh, somebody's got to be. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Uh, on the other side, NXT. Who do you got? Five. Yeah, I guess. Uh, funny enough, this is actually a tough one because um, I started to to see that. In terms of like world worldwide exposure, mm-hmm. um, there is not really too many guys here. I mean, in term in terms of like nobody's got a Jericho like, um, what would you call star power? Nobody nobody's a, a Jericho in NXT. That I think that's why there there's talk about sending Kevin Owens down there. I mean, they're trying. They, I think you know, like they they they've built up. Um, like for the longest time now, right? Yeah, Johnny Gargano as being the heart and the soul, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 pulse of NXT. And I guess in some ways, I mean, maybe you could make the argument that Johnny Gargano is their Chris Jericho. I guess, but when he but was not on that level, yeah, yeah. When he was sent up to the main roster, you know, for for a whatever a brief moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess in whatever that trying to get ratings situation, mm-hmm. I don't think that anybody knew who the hell he was. Mm-hmm. At least uh, those main roster fans who don't watch NXT, which apparently they exist. I have no idea. But um, although I would say that he is probably the biggest babyface there is uh, on that level, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. then I would say Adam Cole. I think he, and this is a thing. I think he's one of the biggest. Um, and well deserved, I guess. Uh, I guess he's their their biggest heel, uh, but uh, he, he's a big big deal on that like Marky Smark level that that are watching both Ring of uh, Ring of Honor 
NXT and will be watching AEW. Maybe probably those ones will also watch New Japan. But, I mean, he's well-deserved. He's a great wrestler. And um, and it's so funny because the thing is that he's got the face for it. Yeah. He's got the charisma for it. He's got the the, the gift of the gab. Yep. But he doesn't have the body. <laughs> There's at least the size. Anyway. Yeah, the size. And yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about, the size. It's yeah, yeah. Not, not his conditioning. I guess that's why he, I don't think, and I think we talked about it a little bit before, that he wouldn't, he probably would have a real hard time on the main roster. Oh, I think it's, it'd be damn near impossible. Guys like uh, Matt Riddle, I mm-hmm. think that um, that Matt Riddle has a lot of potential to to steal some spotlight. He's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Tommaso Ciampa, I don't, I guess he's not in action at the moment, so maybe he's not included. Mm-hmm. I think that Undisputed Era is great. Okay, they have Adam Cole, but I, uh, Roderick Strong, I think he's fantastic um, wrestler. I guess all guys there are, are fantastic. Oh, they're all good. And um, so, I mean, that whole faction is, that is, a, to me, one of the best things to, for NXT, for sure. And then Velveteen Dream is, uh, everybody just talks about him to be like the next, he's going to be the next big personality. So hopefully they can harness that. But um, was, that, was that your five? I guess, uh, so one, two, three, four, five, yeah, I guess uh, in terms of Undisputed Era being, mm-hmm. I guess, one, ex- not including Adam Cole, but... I'm so trying who, to so think who of who have, else. So, uh, Adam so, Cole, yeah. let's say Undisputed Era in mm-hmm. Roderick Strong and, and right. the others. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, Velveteen Dream, mm. Gargano, mm. and uh, The Bro, Matt Riddle. Of oh. course, there, there's like, a, again, a slew of crazy talented guys, but I don't see them having the power to make you switch the channel. Pete Dunne? Pete Dunne is, is amazing, but I also think that he, he just doesn't have... I don't know. T- tell me, Tell me this. That uh, this is like a based on work rate and potential. Mm. Maybe NXT has has the deck stacked mm. in terms of in terms of uh, exposure and uh, star power. I think AEW has it mm-hmm. stacked. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see because. First, to be honest with you, I don't really even see it as a as this being the war, although it is in is in that way. Because I see AEW will have arenas with around six six to ten thousand people, whether or not they're they're sold out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then NXT has their full sale four hundred seater, five hundred seater mm-hmm. place that looks great, sounds great. Mm. Uh, everybody's into it. It's kind of like the old. T- um, TNA had the Asylum mm, where they did right, that, yeah. and that worked really well for them, in my opinion, back then. And I think mm. they lost it when they started touring. But mm. uh, it's interesting because I think also AEW will be an entirely different show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think NXT will be very much focused on the, the um, I guess, in-ring work, like that Keith Lee and uh, what was his name? Gajakovic. Yeah, Gajakovic, yeah, mm. and... Um, that match was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, but then again, was it was it like uh, too spotty? Was it a spot fest? But then people want to see that. I guess that's what you're trying to draw people in. But here's this crazy action that mm-hmm. you're going to get when you watch our show. That's that. That's the thing. Is that uh, let's say even maybe over five years ago, I mean Vince would have hated that. Like big guys doing small guy moves. Canadian destroyer off the top oh, second rope or yeah, whatever yeah, it was. And yeah. the thing is, is like it used to be. Like this is what I heard was back in like 
the day. It's it sounds so absurd because it's just a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. But if you're the size of a guy, uh, let's say the stature of Rey Mysterio, mm. they did not want to see you do in clotheslines, right? Because the things that takes away from the guys, the big guys, like let's say Kane or Big Show, yeah, yeah. or even Triple H, when they do a clothesline. Totally. It's that, that's the move that's for the bigger guys. Mm. But if you're a bigger guy, they don't want to see you doing drop kicks and hurricane ranas. Yeah. That's what the Rey Mysterios do. Yep. So, but now it's been turned on its head. And I think what they're going for is, like you just said, is, is shock value. Yeah. And they're trying to hook you by, like, to expect the unexpected. Yeah. So when you see these big guys, guys the size of Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, that they're going in there and they're doing stuff that you just don't see other big men doing. Yeah. I think they're both uh, hovering around 300 pounds, give or take. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of weight. And mm-hmm. their size, I'm pretty sure they're both 6'5", at least, mm-hmm. or in that zone. Yeah. So I, and they did, this is the thing. Those guys have worked together a lot. They have worked in PWG and, you know, done, mm-hmm. done some exactly the same stuff. And hey, they have, what was that comment from Kenny Omega, by the way? That, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, they did, they furthered this bit where Kenny Omega is calling the uh, NXT guys developmental and that they wouldn't be in, they would be the dark match for his main event kind of right. idea. Rip, it's a total... Because uh, the thing is, I mean, whatever whatever's going on, but those guys are all seeming to be all good buddies. Mm-hmm. And then that Dijakovic uh, wrote about how, remember when we basically uh, embarrassed you mm. because we had the match of the night and you, you did the main event and it was crap or, or something, whatever. In, uh, in 2007. Yeah. Right. Or however, he mm. Omega was the main event and those Keith Lee and Dijakovic had their match mm-hmm. and they embarrassed the main event. Whatever. Uh, and so then Omega did the Being the Elite series. He did his apology of that, okay, sorry, uh, you know, I was under stress or whatever it was and shouldn't have said those things and, you know, these are blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, they do the gimmick where the camera's supposed to be off, but it still records him. Then he's talking about a uh, bunch of SOBs probably bought the whole apology crap and, you know, who is this Dominic or Dom... Dominion, I don't know, they never mentioned his name on TV. I'm not sure who the hell the guy is anyway. And, you know, this kind of thing. So mm-hmm. just trying to throw the rib back and forth there, I think. And uh, But this is the thing. I guess this is the match they've that Keith Lee and Dijakovic have had. This is the third match. They had a draw or, mm-hmm. or however it went. Was it a disqualification? I don't know. But mm-hmm. it was a draw anyway. Yep. <clears throat> and then uh, I think... Dijakovic won. Is a double count out, I think. Might have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Dijakovic won, mm-hmm. and then now Keith Lee wins. So they're going to have to do the the rubber match or whatever you call it, the, mm-hmm. the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are kind of, as they enjoyed that match, they are kind of thinking, did they do that too soon? Mm. And should that match have been on a pay-per-view? Or should that, mm. should because now they're pretty far away from a takeover. Mm-hmm. So now are they going to just hold that off until the takeover? So I think there has been some questionable knee-jerk bookings in in NXT. Mm -hmm. If I were to comment on the last two episodes, Mm -hmm. and they've Mm -hmm. had, and a lot of people think, oh, they've had two weeks. Mm -hmm. 
over AEW, but really, when did NXT even start? They had, they've had, they've been on Wednesdays for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So NXT has actually been a thing, mm-hmm. and it's been being been produced and filmed and la 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 for a very long time. Compared to AEW, is literally going to do their first mm-hmm. live TV show uh, this coming Wednesday. So October second on TNT. Drama. <laughs> <laughs> a total drama. Why couldn't it just be on TNT? Yeah, Why Dynamite. TNT, Dynamite, whatever. AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite on TNT. I, on TNT drama. Yeah. Did you hear? This is the thing. Uh, the reason why it's called Dynamite. Have you heard that? No, no, no. So when Tony Khan was a little boy, mm-hmm. he had a fantasy wrestling company that he mm-hmm. booked mm-hmm. just in his like notepad and, mm-hmm. and did the shows. And his mm-hmm. show was Tuesday Night Dynamite. And uh, so that's, he was wanting to use Dynamite for now his real life wrestling promotion. And why not? Yeah, I guess I, a lot of people were saying they hate the name. They think it's stupid. I thought it was totally fine. I, I even liked it. it sounded like. It's fine. Uh, to me, it's, it sounded pro wrestling, mm-hmm. you that's know? Right. That's it. So yeah. I think a lot of people are, well, it's, you know, it's a copy of Nitro, you know, Monday Night Nitro and on TNT and now you got Tuesday or Wednesday Night Dynamite and. So what? I, mean, I think it's, that they're, it's explosive. But it's not just that, <laughs> but it's also that they're, they are like shadowing, not foreshadowing, but like almost like, you know, they, it's like a long, it's a long shadow of WCW Be, yeah. because, because it, it really is in that same area, like more or less. I mean, AW is running more or less that same and because they got Keith Mitchell. They've got some of these old guys like Tony Schiavone and they've got Jim Ross. And so yeah. it, it, it is, it's like. It's reminiscent of totally right. So, so why not? Yeah. So you. Know, so what? Dynamite. I don't. I don't see a problem. No. I. I, I even like it to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And then that was the thing when there was leaks about even before uh, anybody. I guess there was rumors that Chris Jericho and Jim Ross mm-hmm. uh, were starting a pro wrestling company. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. possibly with that Tony Khan. And there was leaks of patents. Mm. or patented names and things. And one of the names was Tuesday Night Dynamite. Really? Yeah, and mm. uh, of their show. And that's everybody had talked about it. That's where everybody thought that this was going to be on a Tuesday. Mm. You know, Now Impact actually has moved to Tuesday. So mm. they are filling now that slot. Mm. So good luck to them. I hope that they're, they're doing a good job. But another thing I heard about, I want to get your take on this. Mm. Is this now too much wrestling? Well, it's... Uh, Is well, it too much of a good thing? Well, put it this way. I mean, as a fan, when, like, let's say yourself, when will you have the time to watch all of this? That's a lot of hours of wrestling yeah. in a week. So if, because I know you like your New Japan, right? I do, so yeah. you got to be watching your New Japan. You got to be watching your AEW. That's two hours for AEW. You get the two hours for, for, your, uh, for your NXT. Then if you watch your Raw and your SmackDown, is is raw is SmackDown now three hours? I think it's two. Okay, still. okay, so okay, so then that's another two. That's six hours already, right? Yeah, your raw is three. That's nine hours, right? Add to that your NWA now. Yeah. Right? Okay, so now you're at ten, at least at ten. Yeah. Without even mentioning ROH or Impact. Yeah. So you know you're going to be cornering the. Um, you're watching, you know, you're going to be watching wrestling for at least, at least 12 hours a week of relevant programming Yeah, um, of the main products that are going to be out there. I would say between 12 and 15 hours. So 
if you got a family, if you got a job, if you got a life outside of wrestling, <laughs> basically anything. Yeah, if you got anything, if you got a girlfriend, if you got a wife, if you got some kids, whatever, you're going to have a hell of a time watching all this wrestling. Yeah. And and then live your life on top of that. So you got to be picking and choosing what it is that you're going to be watching. And that's where now it's now it gets interesting because the thing is that what's going to hook you? Mm. What is going to be interesting enough that you're going to care enough that you're going to give of your you know, your quality time, your high price, because what, okay, whatever your time's worth, yeah, right? Yeah. You're going to give of your life to watch this specific wrestling product because it hooks you. Yeah. And you can bypass or forego the others because they're not catching your interest on that level. True. Now it gets interesting. So who's going to actually garner your interest? Yeah. Or and, and or is it going to be a case of just you skimming through the products and just fast forward, see what's on the next segment? Okay, who's okay? This one I can watch because these two okay yeah. they, they interest me or whatever. Or you're just going to watch the finish of each match or something just to know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it's a lot of wrestling to digest. So yeah. Um, because you know, like uh, back in the day when it was the Monday Night Wars, let's say, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like you had your Monday and Thursday, mm-hmm. and then you had your pay per views whenever. That's right, and that was basically pretty much it. Uh, Monday and Thursday until ECW came around. I think they were on Fridays, at least on TNN or something like that. But uh, mm-hmm. thing was two hours per night and you would flip back and forth or you would mm-hmm. choose your side. Mm-hmm. Like um, it, until like SmackDown or whatever came out, uh, I guess it was Thunder. It was yep. Thunder first. It was Thursday Night Thunder first, I can't remember. And then mm-hmm. SmackDown was the answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, either way, that was already six hours of wrestling. If, if you could catch the replay or or managed to jump back and forth. I think WCW definitely replayed, at least in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. But now, you have Monday, three hours, like you said, and then there's ROH on another, like other programs and things like that, mm-hmm. on the, I think on Monday as well. Mm-hmm. Tuesday night, Impact. Wednesday night, you know, AEW, NXT. Thursday night, I think something's there now. I can't remember what. I think also on Tuesday, it might be... Yeah, Tuesday, I think that Women of Wrestling mm. is the, is on, on Axis. So who's going to be claiming Thursday and Friday? Yeah, well, Friday we got SmackDown. Okay. Now, yeah, now right. it's, yeah, met, right. I guess this week is the debut. So somebody needs to claim Thursday. And there there is, I saw a graphic, somebody is there, but it's, I guess, this is, my point is that there is like way too much wrestling. So is there like... Back in the heyday of the Monday Night Wars, we'll mm. call that the heyday at the moment because I think that's when the TV ratings were the highest ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Were we at like close to ten million? Ten million viewers spread out amongst WCW and something like that. You know, it was at least yeah. over five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I think we're closer to about three million viewers that will actively turn on the TV for pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. Mm-hmm. Maybe some will come back now, mm-hmm. but. Now you have this like uh, this kind of like split need. So are these three million viewers going to get going to get burnt out? Is this going to be you know you know with, with comic books they had the big boom where where comic books were 
all of a sudden something to invest in. Mm-hmm. And people were like buying comic books. Even like businessmen were just buy up like boxes of comic books. Hey, I used to have a ton of comic books. Yeah, me too. But in I, mint condition or damn near mint condition in I, plastic bags with backing boards. I still have a, a Wolverine original uh, up to... I think 27 or some issue 27 mm-hmm. in the in the backing boards and the plastics and la 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 back in Canada but um the thing is they oversaturated then the comic book companies were like shit shiz at we got to print more and more and they started printing every weird gimmick under the sun and eventually they killed they killed that whole comic book thing I think it's even just recently got its I guess uh, feet back with these uh, hit movies that people are actually going by comic books again, but it's nowhere near what it was before. So I'm wondering, is this going to be the death of this maybe, or not the death, but the, a very short boom period. Is this going to boom for like a year and then people are going to just get burned right out? Or are they going to just pick what they want to watch and you're going to get your AEW audience and they're not going to watch WWE and you're going to get your WWE audience and they're not going to watch AEW. I'm not sure because the thing is that I think this is somehow I can correlate this to another example, which is that a few years ago, maybe about two or three years ago, I wrote this one blog um, about the fitness boom uh-huh. in, here in Finland, for example. I mean, and this was global, by the way. Yeah. But... It's like even here in Finland, you've got gyms for every square meter. You've got like between five and six gyms inside that square meter, right? And like in Helsinki or like in the in some of the bigger cities around the country. And I'm thinking to myself that how are these companies, how are these franchises or these gyms, how are they cutting a profit? Because there's way too many of them. Like for the amount of people that they're you know that live in that area, how are how are they actually garnering? enough of a clientele to make it worth their while. And uh, that's where I argued when I wrote that blog that I think that we're, we've reached the apex of the fitness boom and now you're going to have this thing where you're going to have a bunch of people dropping out because it's all of a sudden it's just, it becomes, you know, passe or it becomes like something that it's just the, you know, it's so mundane. And, only the people that are going to be like serious about training are the ones that are going to stick with it. Mm. And now I'm not sure how they're making it work, but somehow they still are making it work. That's the whole thing that, that it's become like, how could you say it's, uh, it's become your, for the American audience or for like the non-Finnish audience, I'm trying to find uh something that, that they could identify with. It, it's becoming your McDonald's, okay? It, it used to be that it was something unique. It used to be that it was something new and, and it was uh, exciting and stuff. And then now it's become like your run-of-the-mill Kellogg's breakfast cereal or then your McDonald's or whatever that you just, it's there, it fills a need, you have enough people going that even though if they're not regular customers, they're still like filing in and out, that it keeps the thing alive. And maybe that's what's going to happen with wrestling now, is that the numbers are going to peak for just a moment, like you were saying, because there's you know there's a, a huge buzz right now in the industry and even in the, in the media uh, with all this wrestling going on. But... Uh, maybe just to retain those numbers, it's not gonna. The numbers ain't gonna stay as strong, 
And some of these are going to fizzle out before long. And the ones that are really good, the ones that the products that are solid are going to, are going to be the ones that are going to stick around, but they're not going to still generate the kinds of numbers that they're going to be generating in the next, let's say three to 12 months. I definitely think so. And I think that a lot of people are going to be knee jerk reaction, reacting on these things that if AEW's numbers go down a certain, they're already, Mm. a lot of people just started pointing fingers and laughing out loud and whatever about that. There's a bunch of resale, resale tickets available for, um, that, uh, the first night dynamite that, uh, it sold out on the, whatever, how many minutes, whatever mm-hmm. it did. Mm-hmm. And then now there's reservice that there's, I don't know, a couple hundred, if, if that, mm-hmm. uh, tickets for resale. So the tickets have been purchased, but now they are being sold, even for a lower price than the actual ticket number, just so, to get rid of it. So somebody just hawk these tickets and believe that uh, they can just turn around and then just pedal them off for yeah. a higher price. So the idea that I'm hearing anyway, that they, yeah, bought by kind of scalper wannabes mm-hmm. at least, or scalpers nonetheless, right. th- I think that it happens anyway to any any event, mm-hmm. scalpers mm-hmm. buy the tickets. Mm-hmm. And then they try to sell, sell them for a, a marked up price on StubHub mm-hmm. and say these, these scalpers are people... They didn't get the money they wanted for them or however, and now they're just trying to get rid of them. Mm. And uh, they are selling them back through um, Ticketmaster or whatever the ticket service. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, and a lot of people are calling foul or, or saying, ha ha, look, they're, they didn't really sell out and they're lying or whatever they're doing. You know? mm-hmm. But I think it's, a, it's, again, this knee-jerk reaction to try to, to try to... I don't know, call something out before it's had any time. Because I think in any business, whether it's wrestling or whatever, as far as I'm concerned, you need at least four years to solidify yourself. Mm. And uh, maybe this is their year year one or, you know, year one and a half, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I don't expect them to have a a polished product to the degree that they will have mm-hmm. in the next, like say four years future from now, which I expect them to still be existing. Mm-hmm. I think that that is when we're going to see the true real deal. You know, when the, when the tires get rolling for, for real, mm-hmm. I think now it's going to be a lot of experimenting what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. And, and I think they have to do it because the thing is that they don't know yet what's going to catch that audience. Cause once again, we're dealing with quarter-hour ratings. And, and if they lose the numbers inside those quarter hours, and if NXT outdraws them, um, then whatever they're offering, whether it's Orange Cassidy in that quarter hour or whether it's Nyla Rose in that quarter hour or whether it's Pac or whether yeah. it's Kenny Omega, but if they're not drawing the numbers, they're going to have to get rid of those people in those segments and replace them with somebody else. Yeah. So like if... if if I take a quick look now, like myself, at uh, the list, I would say, of the, the most optimal, I guess, candidates to blow the roof off, like, in this Wednesday Night War. Yeah, tell me. Uh, obviously, Jericho's at the top because the thing is that he's got the most name recognition going into it on the AW side. And plus, he's a hell of a TV personality. So whatever segment you put Jericho in, he's going to captivate that audience because he knows how to commandeer the spotlight. That's super important, by the way. I don't think anybody else on that roster, Cody included, has that ability to that extent, right? Uh, there, are, there are guys that are, that are a work in progress, like MJF. 
um, that are going to get there one day, but they're not there yet. And they don't have the depth yet. Depth, depth. It's, it's a big word. Um, <laughs> it is. A lot of Finnish people can't say it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway, um, John Moxley, interesting because of the recognition, at least face recognition, not name because they changed his name, but people will know that this is the former Dean Ambrose. Everybody will know once they see him. And that will draw a certain amount of intrigue because he's so fresh off of his WWE run. Um, as long as they profile him well, I think that he's also got the depth because of his six, seven years in WWE to to actually make a difference. So there you go. Jericho, Moxley, Omega, yes, because he's one of the top writers and because the guy's damn talented. Even though he's a video game wrestler, um, he's but he's very good at what he does. And the thing is, if, if he's put with the right guy, with the right opponent, I mean, he's solid gold. He, he really is. I think that as a personality, though, he's lacking. I think that he doesn't have the credibility as a character yet. Um, he doesn't have the depth. He doesn't have the track record. He doesn't have the staying power as a person, not as a wrestler, by the way, as a personality, uh, especially on that American level. So I think that there is where Kenny languishes at the moment. I think that he, in that way, is a work in progress. Uh, but he's up there because he's so damn talented. He's so good at what he does. Um, Cody, of course, because Cody also name recognition. He's with Vince since 2007, right? So he'd been with the big dogs for like a decade. He'd done his time, and then he'd gotten out. Um People will still recognize Cody Rhodes as one of the top guys. And he comes across as a major guy because he knows his father was Dusty Rhodes. He knows how to commandeer the spotlight. He knows how to manipulate uh, the, the game to the, to the level that, uh, that it needs to be uh, Was there a pun doctored. in there? The game? He the knows game, how yeah. to manipulate knows, the game? Know, yeah. as in, that, that, it, was, that was a, fruit, a Freudian slip, I guess. <laughs> but, or, or how would you say that? But it's still, I mean, it was a... Uh, an uh, unconscious uh, little stumble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, nonetheless, yeah. I mean, the thing is that Cody, um, Dustin, also his brother, um, Goldust, I think that they they learned from, you know, one of the best just by proxy because they're family, right? So the yeah. thing is that they know how to manipulate the viewership, which then, is super important. And they've had the best one of the best moments of pro wrestling this year. Yeah, and the thing is that, look at Cody's matches, by the way, on all these AEW outings. Okay, that Young Bucks tag match with Dustin and Cody against the Young Bucks, I, I'm not yeah. a fan of that match. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought that was like I'm more, with you there. It's garbage. But uh, all of his other matches, his singles matches, have been good. Mm. And they've been intriguing. Right? Yeah. So he's done really well in those matches, and he's built them dramatically, and he they've been different from the, the typical spot fests. I think, you know, it, by and large. Yeah. So Cody's up there. So Jericho, Cody, Omega, Moxley, and one more um, for the, for what it's worth. I think it's going to be Hangman. Not because I want to say it's going to be Hangman. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I think that building towards the future, building their own guy, because this is the thing. Every company needs to have that homegrown talent that's 100% their own guy, Yeah, right? Yeah. 
and somebody you can put your tag, your your stamp on, and say that we built this guy from the from the ground up. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm going to say Hangman. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. I think he is he's a guy that they see a lot of potential in being that big, big babyface star. And I think that my prediction is that. You know, Jericho is the inaugural champion to to create some mm-hmm. uh, prestige and uh, name value for that belt. Yep. Because, of course, uh, it's... Uh, Get it off the ground. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it really means something. That's right. Yeah. So then you have, I think that the young the young guys who they want to build up to be stars uh, is uh, Hangman Page and MJF. Yep. But... Um, I want to ask you about the the cards. I'm gonna we're gonna go down the, mm-hmm. the at least the AEW card okay. for um, this uh, I guess a debut of AEW's Dynamite and the first match, the opening match. And I've heard mm-hmm. the rumor is they're gonna you know play the whatever the what, what do you call it the cold open video package, mm-hmm. all yep. that kind of jazz, make it all big and blasty mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it's gonna. Get your introduction, probably that classic Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross business where the camera's swooping around, and then the following contest, and it's just going to go right in. Nobody's going to come out and do their speech. As far as I Mm -hmm. understand, they're not Mm going to do the raw setup for the main event kind of deal. Opening contest, Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. And the idea here that's been stated, if Cody loses, then... Uh, he won't have a win-loss record good enough to go and challenge Jericho for the title at their full-gear pay-per-view that he's currently booked at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like has something on the line, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about that match? Uh, Cody's going to take that because the thing is that, I mean, Sammy Guevara as a name, and I don't think even as a talent, he's not ready yet, right? Right. But do you think it's kind of like Cody... Of course, they, they got to put somebody that Cody can believably go over. Yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. But they need to also, like he did with with Darby Allen, they need to elevate somebody. Well, uh, Cody can elevate this guy, right? Yeah, give him ten minutes, or as as an opener, max ten minutes, right? But um, yeah, I mean, make Sammy Guevara shine, make him look good, um, make people believe with some near falls that he could take it. But of course, at the end, he doesn't because the thing is that Cody needs to go into that program with Jericho. There's there's no way that Cody's not going to main event full gear against Chris Jericho. Put it that way. Yeah, there's I hear no, you. All right, so that's a given. The next match, I don't know if it's actually going to be the next on the card, but at least the next uh, written down here anyway, mm-hmm. is the women's championship match, the inaugural women's championship, Nyla Rose and Riho. Riho being, what is she like... Uh, 50 kilograms, I don't know, 45 kilograms, whatever. Um, it's probably soaking wet and uh, Nyla Rose being a hell of a lot bigger. Uh, going up here and I guess it's that complete David versus Goliath, Goliath match. Goliath, I guess, mm-hmm. is the women's championship. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, to me, I'm, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen anything great out of either of these women. And I know that Riho has been they've been talking about her that she's this veteran at even at the age of 21 started mm-hmm. wrestling at 11 or 9 or wherever it was and mm-hmm. been I've seen some highlights from her stuff in Japan and it's been like awesome mm-hmm. some of the best women's wrestling I've seen came out of Japan with a lot of the girls the joshis that uh they have in 
in uh, AEW, but for some reason they haven't been wrestling to the to that level that mm-hmm. I've that I think that they should be. So to me, I'm not even I'm I'm sad that I'm not interested so much in this women's championship match because I think that they have so much firepower there that we're just not seeing. I I think they could have put a lot more interesting counterparts against one another for this uh, inaugural AEW women's title match. I don't think it should have been Nyla Rose. I don't think it should have been Riho. I think it should have been like two other girls. Um, I don't know exactly who at this stage, but I I don't think that either one of these two should have been the picks. Yeah, well, uh, I hope that... They give us a good match, though. Like the, the of course, I hope all these matches. Well, are put great. it this way: the thing is, this this show is out of Washington D.C. Yeah, right. Nyla Rose is profiled as being a native of Washington D.C. So, do they go the WWE route where if you're in your hometown, you never win, or or <laughs> yeah, or, or do they go there? You know, or do they you know pop the crowd in that way of just giving it to Nyla? Whereas, uh, yeah, well. I mean, I, I I see it going to Nyla Rose just for in a lot of ways. I, you know, AEW really wants to their political side of things. I think they want to be the first and the first and the first mm. and the first. You know, like, but then again, Vince has always been the first at everything, right? So right. So, so it's, well, they're, they're, okay. If 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 AEW can be the first at something. Yeah, well, they this, they this is where they can be the first. Exactly, and they they tried to be the well, they did, I guess, with that. Um, uh, What's her name? The referee, and I can't remember her name. But oh, that's right. Being um, the first woman yeah. referee in a in a main event mm-hmm. uh, match for a title, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. uh, either way, they I think that they're that's the way that they'll go because I actually don't think Riho is believable to win this match either. Mm-hmm. They'll probably they'll probably give her some kind of heroes deal, but she won't she won't go over. But um, very late uh, announcement is this uh, Adam Page. Mm-hmm versus Pac. So they're going to do this match on Dynamite the first uh, first week out. Mm-hmm. This, they did the, they were supposed to f- have their fight at um, All Out mm-hmm. and Pac, uh, we know that whole thing, but, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or was it, no, at Double or Nothing. Double sorry. or Nothing, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they're going to do it here and they did do that match that I thought was great that uh, they they did uh, where it ended in the DQ finish in, in England with Pac mm-hmm. injuring Page's leg. I think this is, has a potential to be a show stealer because I think these guys can work wonders with each other. Um, I just almost think that this is giving it away too soon. So they've got to do something here to to like elongate this program. What do you think? Go to a non-finish. Yeah. Just, just have it end in a schmoz. I know that they are not so keen on doing that i've heard that they don't like these but there smog, are times when you finish. must yeah that's true that's the whole thing it's like they got to make it mean something exactly it's it's the continuation that counts it's, it's leaving people wanting more not feeding them to the point where that they're just stuffed and it's like they can't handle a single bite yeah on top of that right yeah no leave them a bit hungry leave them wanting more I mean, if it's the main event, which I don't think it is, it's going to be. I think they're going to do the six man as the main event, mm-hmm. which is kind of, I guess, weird. But the six man has the, your your AEW champion. Is this a four match show? You know, this is. Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, one, two, three, four, five. Looks like a five match show. Okay, so the, we got the six man, and then what? 
Then we have MJF uh-huh. versus Brandon Cutler, who's, um, I guess, very much a no name. He's uh, he made he was getting okay on the indies a uh, little while ago, and now he's he's been kind of the young bucks. Like he's films all those their TV being the elite YouTube mm-hmm. series or whatever, and then they've given him. Um, he has something to do with their. Uh, he's an in-ring wrestler, and then he's also something to do with their production. Mm-hmm. And his wife also makes the gear. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you know, they're going. I, I'm pretty sure MJF will go over here, uh, give you know Brandon Cutler a good, good uh, bit of shine as well. But uh, I think this is supposed to establish MJF as a as a like um, the real deal kind of guy who can win a match. You well, know? then just keep it around five minutes. Yeah, I think it's going to be that that kind of match. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure Brandon Cutler will make him look good. That's, mm-hmm. I think, the point. Mm-hmm. And then we got the main event, which is Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Chris Jericho and two mystery opponents, mystery partners. And uh, I guess the the big idea is that these mystery partners are going to be the former LAX from Impact, this Santana and Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have this weird feeling that it's not going to be them. And I don't know who... It's going to be Ralphus. <laughs> that would be good. They should tease that anyway. They yeah. should have Ralphus come out. Of Who's the other guy? He had that one other guy too. I don't remember, but he had the, that Jericho security team. Yeah, that yeah, was that's just right. Golden yeah. when he was mocking yeah. Goldberg and everything. But um, I had this idea that it could be, uh, if you remember these guys, the Motor City Machine Guns with Alex Shelley and mm-hmm. Chris Sabin. But yeah, I but... think those guys might be tied up with Ring of Honor at the moment or. Uh, at least tied up somewhere else, but because they were a big rival of the Young Bucks, and they had been talking about that they had some of their best mass- matches with the Motor City Machine Guns recently. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought it's too obvious that those guys are going to be LAX, and mm-hmm. that Chris Jericho would want it to be, would want to make you think it's LAX, because he even name dropped on his podcast that he did some video segments with LAX, mm-hmm. and then. And everybody was like, Jericho spoils the mystery opponents, you know. Mm-hmm. But so I think that I would think that it's a swerve. But then again, I'm totally cool with LAX being the mystery partners because they're they're good. They're what good if, what if it's Big Cass and Enzo Amore? Well, then I'll turn it off right, <laughs> right away. I, I don't know. I think those guys got so much heat uh, that in the locker room and things like that, that it's, it just can't be. Does Cass have that heat too, or is it just Enzo? Cass just recently got uh, uh, arrested f- oh. and thrown out from the backstage of a show um, because he intimidated the promoter. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't now remember. Who, oh, it was a pretty known guy. Um, I'll look up the news at the moment, but uh, anyway, the the idea was that he was on two shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the shows had, uh, uh, Joey Janelli, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the belly of Janelli there. Um, Joey Janela was there in the back and caused no issue the first night. Mm-hmm. And the second night he showed up all whacked out, mm-hmm. uh, intimidated a bunch of people, especially the, um, uh, especially the promoter. And then mm-hmm. the promoter decked him, hmm. apparently knocked him out or whatever, at least at least down, mm-hmm. um, and um, got they called the police, and the police took him took him out. So I think that nobody's touching those guys, and I think that the crowd, the the fans, legit don't want those guys involved. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, I think that um, it was at a WrestlePro event. So, okay. um, well, there you go. Big Cass involved in backstage incident at a WrestlePro event, thrown from building. So, um, in he was hospitalized by the police because I guess he was knocked knocked out or or he had some maybe some drugs or alcohol abuse happening there. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that six man? I don't know who to say. Or I, I've got no idea who the other two guys are going to be. That I'm almost hoping that because this is their TV launch, yeah. that they're going to bring in two guys that haven't been there before. They're going to be brand new to the uh, to the company, and then it's like it's the first time you're going to even see these guys on any form of of AW programming. And and that would be a surprise, like bringing in somebody that that has some marquee value, or like somebody who is believable, like somebody from Japan, for example. Yeah. All of a sudden, just bring them in, boom, yeah, yeah, and just you know, it could be Will Osprey or whatever, you know. But yeah. it, of course, it won't be. But yeah, I'm just yeah, saying I, that, I hear you. But but somebody like that. I mean, uh, there's some people who are saying about CM Punk and all this jazz, and the the reason why they're doing this, you know, that CM Punk is was caught, whatever, mm-hmm. like. Uh, auditioning for WWE programming or Fox programming, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that he's said some uh, shizad about AEW people and all that kind of stuff is this idea that then it'll be so much of a shock. Mm-hmm. But I really, I, I think that's, I highly doubt it. And I don't even care, to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not a popper for, for CM Punk. Mm-hmm. But, um, but then who is he partner with, you know? Is it like going to be, he's going to bring who Dean Malenko and Lance Storm out there, you know, I don't think so, but maybe Lance Storm could go, but, uh, Dean Malenko, not no, pretty no, sure. No, no, he actually, I think has, uh, Parkinson's, correct, yeah, 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 that's right. That's so right, yeah. unfortunately, but I guess he's in the right role at mm. the moment, but, um, but I see it as two new guys or at least two, two stars that are stars mm-hmm. that people are going to know, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be like, cause who could they be? They can't be the revival. They can't be, Anybody else, uh, it's basically probably that LAX team, but, you know. Yeah, I I would say LAX, but by the same token, if they were to put, let's say, Sean Spears and somebody else as Jericho's partners, it would be just such like a... It would be a a letdown. Yeah, it's just like a wet fart, right? It's just like... That's, that's it. There was a because they that happened on uh, NXT where mm-hmm. they had Kushida and he had his mystery. He was taking two like yeah. opponents of his choosing, and he chose what was that fashion police or yeah, I yeah, remember. Fandango. And yeah, and people right, were just like wah wah, you know, total. Mm-hmm. Just who cares? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, but the thing is, um, who takes the pin in that three uh, six man? Because you got the champion. Does the champion? Will he get pinned? You know, because they do in mm. New Japan where you pin a champion, you get a, you kind of get like a mm. preemptive match for the belt. Mm-hmm. So, do they do it that way? Where let's say Omega pins the champion, mm. pins Jericho, or do they do it where one of the Jackson brothers pins Jericho and they're gonna, you know, break up that tag team or something, you know, or thre- mm. kind of tease that business? Or what do they do? I I think I think the uh, the heels are gonna go over. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe go over on Omega because he's on this losing streak and all that stuff. Or even if they beat the Young Bucks, so what? Mm. Yeah, well, there what, you go. What, what does it mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's Jericho. Yeah. Right? It's an interesting deal. I mean, uh, I think there's a good card. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm excited about it. They got 
and then uh, John Moxley is supposed to make an appearance, so he's going to say something on the mic or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, and all that. But uh, I'm sure it's going to be a star-studded night. The the other thing I wanted to mention is that they're apparently they're bringing back to WWE is Pyro, mm-hmm. and I funny funnily enough I didn't realize it was gone. To be honest with you, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but AEW has been really big on this pyro jazz, mm-hmm. even to the point where I think it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess that's their point. So they're going to have a big pyro show on their, you know, sure the opening and I'm sure the ending. The other thing that they're supposed to that they're talking about is doing a third hour that's going to be taped and spliced for, uh, I guess, uh, social media content, YouTube and. Instagram and whatever you can get a match, uh, you know, free online match here and there or mm-hmm. whatever. So, the sh- the actual audience will probably get a three three hour show. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a. I think it's going to be. It's a compelling show. The NXT lineup. I'm not actually sure of what's going on there, but um, it's going to be like a night of champions. Uh, NXT. Uh, they've got Candice LeRae up against uh, Bianca Belair. Oh yeah. Um, they've got the Street Profits coming back to NXT now, even though I guess they've been shifted over to Raw. Right, right. But they're coming back against um, Undisputed. Oh, they need a tag team division. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they've got, uh, what was it, Adam Cole against uh, Matt Riddle. Yeah, right, he tapped him out. Right, so they've got it. It's it's pretty star-studded and... uh, it's going to be interesting. That match will be probably really great. Oh, it will, yeah. So, But I'm still thinking that the top five for me on that NXT side, before we go to a break here, uh, well, Velveteen is up there just because that they're pushing him as, as being the next big thing. Um, Adam Cole, yeah, because with that Undisputed Era, they are the lead heel contingent. They're going to be doing war games this year again, by the way. Ah, uh, well. At the next TakeOver. Okay, Right, so the thing is that is it going to be Adam Cole and company in that War Games for a third year in a row, or is it going to be uh, some other heel contingent? It might be, you never know. But anyway, uh, Adam Cole's up there with his team. Um, Johnny Gargano, the heart and the soul of NXT, of course, up there. Matt Riddle is up there, yes, on that side of things. And I think that even though they're pushing uh, Kushida as hard as they are, I don't think that he's ready yet. I don't think that he has the star power of, let's say, Pete Dunne. I'm almost saying that Pete Dunne is the other, is the, let's say, the fifth guy, if you consider the, like Undisputed Era to be the, the um, you know, like one unit once again. Yeah, not yeah. just, you know, not I four agree. guys, but one unit. So I think it's Pete Dunne. Um, that's just my, my well, he's take on it. Well, he's a hell of a worker. That's, he is. That is for sure. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. And the thing is that, you know, they're bleeding over these NXT UK guys. They, they brought over Imperium. Yeah, uh, right, you right. Know, right. So um, they're really pushing a lot of, like, they're crossing borders now. They're, uh, they're doing a lot of, how could you say, weaving in and out of their brands. I, I, they're doing away with 205 Live, by the way. Yeah, I heard that they're just going to integrate that with, with yeah. NXT. And they might as well. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. I think that show is... It's, I don't think that they have enough of a following to, to justify that. But anyway, um, we'll go to a break. We'll come back and we'll wrap this show up. And we'll take a brief look at the other players, the key players on both sides, before we finish this week with shooting the Shizad. Skip is the oldest sports supplement brand out of Europe since the 1970s. 
engineered by professors, doctors, and scientists at Sweden's leading medical university, Karolinska Institute, Skip products are pharmaceutical grade, meaning that they are the highest quality available on the market today. Meaning they work. If you're after results, you wouldn't put low-octane gas in a turbocharged high-end sports car engine, would you? Neither would you put junk-quality supplements into your body as an athlete. All Skip products are first tested amongst top athletes to ensure their efficiency. Choose the best. Skip Nutrition. That's skip.fi. S-K-I-P dot F-I. Estrada Creative Helsinki, your brand and story with the strength of modern marketing. Social media gets your brand and message in your audience's hands, and your story with the boost of marketing and videography is your strongest means of persuasion. That's where Estrada Creative Helsinki gets involved. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Estrada Creative Helsinki. Marco Simonen offers photography and video production for business and marketing. In addition, editorial and portrait work welcome. For more, see marcosimonen.com. That's M-A-R-K-O-S-I-M-O-N-E-N.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so as we close out this week's episode of Shooting the Shizat, as we have been talking about the Wednesday night war that is going to be lighting up the wrestling business between AW, AW's Dynamite on Wednesday nights, up against NXT and uh, on USA. Anyway, we just went through the major players, but we didn't touch on the girls. Mm. And I think nope, that we, we should... We didn't touch any girls either, so don't get, well, yeah. don't get uh, too excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think I'd be more excited if I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, on the NXT side, the girls heading up that division because nowadays it's uh, a lot about the girls too, and uh, they do have a definitive role in the product on both sides. Mia Yim, who I'm not still crazy about any way, shape, or form. Candice LeRae, who they're now pushing rather hard. Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai. And uh, Bianca Belair, I think these are your main female components going forward. Now they also brought over from the UK, by the way, that, uh, what's her name? Uh, the first NXT UK women's champion that, uh, her, Rhea Ripley. Oh, yeah, right, right. Right, They and the thing is, they, they put her up, uh, up against um, Shayna in her first match. And it wasn't that good of a match. It, yeah, ju- it just wasn't. I agree. It was, it was a bit of a flopper. It was, you know, and they tried to, like, make it bigger than life. It just wasn't. And uh, But they still have plans. It's like, don't give up on her because yep. it's, it just didn't pan out the first time around. Not everybody succeeds their first time around. Uh, so she's in that mix. And also, I think that now, what's that team kick? What's that? The, the girl from New Zealand. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh geez! Yeah, yeah, we're we're not we're struggling with names today for some yeah, yeah. reason. But anyway, uh, anyway but yeah, uh, yeah anyway, she, so she's back in the mix too. Is she, uh, she that does the go to sleep? But and I I've heard this now n- numerous times. She's calling this go to sleep variation, quote unquote, mm-hmm. 
the go-to kick. Yeah, that's right. What the hell is that about? I think uh, that's the word. <laughs> to me, that's like a in a Japanese video game that didn't get translated very well. Yeah, that's it. And you go to kick. Yeah, that's so, it. So I don't know. Yeah. Brutal. It is, it is what it is. On the other side, though, we're looking at um, the names like Brick, Britt Baker. Britt Baker. Yeah. Hikaru Shida. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hikaru Shida, yeah. Brandy Rhodes, of course. You can't mention that division without Brandy because that's the wife of Cody Rhodes and plus she's really hot. Uh, <laughs> then uh, in addition to that, we have Sadie Gibbs. Yep. And Slam alumni. That's right. That's right. That. And uh, Nyla Rose, who, okay, I know that I'm not the most politically correct guy out there, but I will say it because even Baby Doll, Nicola Roberts said it, you know, the 80s Valley of um, Tully Blanchard that... Uh, Okay, Nyla Rose is transgender. Uh, she, quote unquote, is not a woman. Okay, mm-hmm. still, I mean, I'm sorry, you you weren't born with that set of chromosomes. You're not. It, just because you say you are doesn't make you. You know, if I say I'm a millionaire, it doesn't make me a millionaire. It just doesn't. I get it. I mean, probably legally she is a woman, but there's a, of course biological and legal, mm. you know, differences. But uh, but that's I my also, take. Yeah, I yeah. also get mm-hmm. what uh, the idea here. That it is pro wrestling, and mm-hmm. you know there is that kind of thing there. But uh, it is uh, one of those things that does ruffle feathers of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's for sure, mm-hmm. especially because of that that nature. But I think that that is exactly what they're going for. And then, of course, uh, Will Osprey's girlfriend should be mentioned in this mix. Yeah, too. yeah. So, and she's damn good. But she has she has a Bia Priestley. Yeah, that's right. She yeah. has not. Uh, shown her colors, she, and she's actually done in some ways kind of a bad, bad job. I dare I say, so far, yeah. you know, I hate if she would listen and come over and kick my ass, but mm. she's done a bad job. I saw such sloppy work, and I, and I've seen again. I've seen her do such great. Mm. I saw her live in, and I've said it before, mm. but I'll say it again. I saw her live in, in Rev Pro, and she tore the house down, and then I saw her. I don't know. Her ring awareness was gone, and uh, what is it? You know about uh, even her and Sadie Gibbs apparently got into some altercation where they no sold each other or something. Had mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. kind of a bit of a mm-hmm. discrepancy in the middle of of like, you know, do you are you really going to do that on pay per view? Going to have like some kind of shoot where you no sell somebody? And and I don't know if that's really the case, but mm. seems like it was that. To me, but I mean, even that girls' battle royal I mean, that was not it was a terrible. Good match. Yeah. It was not a good match. They yeah. they got to do away with that concept, by the way. I think the battle royals should just not exist anymore in any form. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, but the but royal yeah. but the royal rumble is done right, right? Okay, so it's like they give it. They know how to orchestrate that piece yeah, of business. Yeah, but for whatever reason, this AWS what twenty one whatever it's called. Yeah, battle Ro- twenty one suit or what? 20, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's just okay. The idea on paper sounds intriguing, okay? It just doesn't play out well. Yeah, yeah. And and plus, they don't know how to make their key players shine during those matches. Just like that girls' battle royal last pay-per-view. When Sadie came out, she had that video package made about her, and she was made out to be a big deal, as she should, I think. Uh, but the thing is that, in that match, what did she do? Yeah, I, to me, it looked like she 
she never got an opening. And, uh, no. and, and a lot of, maybe she got really frustrated because people just kept walking over her time. That's it. That's you know? it's like you, you have to manipulate. That's why pro wrestling is manipulated. Yeah, yeah. It's because you have to make space and you have to create opportunity for the people that need to be in the right position or the right place at the right time. Mm. Otherwise, you can't create stars. That's it. It's just the way the shit goes. The shiz at. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this week has been a blast here. I wanted to, sorry, just the last last piece of business, maybe not that important, but mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. we're hearing that Cain uh, Velasquez, the UFC legend, I guess, up to this point, uh, mm. he's already been working for AAA in Mexico. That one shot, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, he supposedly is entertaining deals between AEW and WWE. Mm. Uh, also, he supposedly has said he has expressed interest in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, I don't know. What do you think about him? I mean, he's to me, he's a, a you know a badass motherfucker looking dude. Um, and with Brock Lesnar, and I guess now that Ken Shamrock is Ken Shamrock, is, I guess done a deal with Impact. Mm. So the Ken Shamrock being kind of the trailblazer for mm. mis, mixed martial arts to transition over. And I guess they're going to put Ken Shamrock with Moose, and I think Impact. he's already Jeez. he's already doing a, a pack of program with him. Yeah, well, Why? you know, Ken Shamrock. By the way, he looks even more dangerous now than he ever did. Hmm. I don't know what it is. You know, you know, men. Tough guys, when they age, they just look scarier and scarier, mm. you know, and he's gotten into unbelievable shape. I'd never seen him in such good shape, really. <laughs> and uh, he's got, you know, because, you know, the way that the brow, uh, you know, from some guy's been punched in the face enough, he's got the caveman brow. Right, and yeah, yeah. The, nose, the crooked nose, all that jazz, and you light him a certain way, he looks like a the scariest zombie that'll just beat the shit at, shizad out of you, you mm-hmm. know. But... Uh, I mean, he, I thought his intensity was always one of the best ever, but, uh, what I'm saying is that, uh, what do you think, Cain Velasquez, do you, do you think that this, I mean, I have not seen any of his in-ring work, mm-hmm. so I would hope that he's properly trained, mm-hmm. but, uh, do you think it's going to be something that, that could be a bidding war between AEW and WWE to try to get you know, some kind of name like that. It could be, but I think that AEW's got the foothold here because the thing is that, like, he's got his his one match so far. Yeah. You know, Cody was in that match. That's so, right. Yeah. So the thing is that I think that's where the, the foot in the door right there. And I think that he would be there, like, AEW's answer to Matt Riddle. Yeah. Right? On the main roster, he would be their answer to Brock Lesnar. Mm. And for impact, for whatever for whatever that's worth... At this point in this wrestling quote unquote war, uh, he would be their answer, AW's answer to uh, Ken Shamrock. Right, right. So I think they need somebody of that ilk. I think it would be very wise if Tony Khan would step up to the plate now mm. and play ball. Yeah, put a few, put one more zero <laughs> on the end of the contract. One, one more than Vince. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and you know what? In a lot of ways, uh, I even see it like. Uh, Maybe in a, in the eyes of let's say if Cody would see it that way that they would just keep offering him uh, the counter contract like okay Vince offers you one million okay we're gonna offer you offer you two million and then Vince comes and offers him three million and then okay we're gonna offer you four million and then Vince offers him five million and then they're like okay hey, you should take that you know and as if they just you know uh, worked 
basically worked the the money up for mm-hmm. you know in kind of in favor for Velasquez mm-hmm. to get him more money, and they would be happy with that as well. And but I think that uh, I think it would be a good get, especially if he and I think that they could not they could train him mm. properly yeah. before his his real deal debut. Mm-hmm. Cuz I remember when Tank Abbott and uh Dan the Beast Severin and they started doing this huge influx of US, UFC kind of mm-hmm. uh not has-beens at all, but you know US UFC guys who kind of like you know not past their prime either, maybe a little bit, but established guys. I guess, yeah. Mm, yeah. And uh that came in and Maybe Tank Abbott did a little bit of stuff, but uh, mm. who else really did anything other than Ken Shamrock? Mm-hmm. Uh, up until Brock Lesnar and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Ronda Rousey now. But yeah, anyway, that's that's another piece of piece of news or whatnot. And uh, but yeah, this Wednesday night wars are heating up, and I think that for the next month it's going to be we're going to uh, there's going to be loads of stuff going on. So loads of news and rumors, and people are just going to be throwing shiz at all over the place. So, and we're going to be breaking down these uh, the, the 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 first shots fired. So the debut of AEW's Dynamite next week on shooting the shiz at. We'll break it all down for you. How did it go head to head? Today we talked about going into the war. The key, the main key players, and this was all speculation this week. Next week, we're going to have the proof in the pudding. We're going to see that who actually flushed and who came out shining. So, ladies and gentlemen, anyway, follow us on social media, Instagram, on Facebook, whatnot, at Shootin' the Shizat, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Podbean Network, and why not even on SoundCloud? SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Oh, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, next week, more Shootin' the Shizat. Follow us. Follow us.